0: Hugh Hefner, a true American icon Created an empire that was unrivaled
1: Although some of us bunnies may have gone rogue It's because of the love and respect that we received from the man behind it all Because after all, we did learn from
2: the best Relive the stories from the most prominent celebrity home in history
1: What happens in the grotto stays in the grotto From those of us that lived it,
2: the employees that worked it, and the guests who loved it. And the mayhem continues. All right,
3: I knew we're going to have to go into a part two. We are so excited. Here we are with Julie McCullough once again. And and where are we talking to you from? From West Virginia. West Virginia. You were just showing us all around. Out, Mama.
0: So, to right,
3: right, oh, I love it. Are you kidding me? I'm a John Denver fanatic. <laughs> right before we were wrapping up the last show, you were showing us your t-shirt. I just thought that you were showing us your boobs, but uh, it's, apparently you're trying to show us <laughs> I was what was so on confused. your shirt. I'm
1: like, why are we stripping right now? <laughs>
3: it says 1692, they missed one. And
0: 1692 was the burning of the witches in Salem
3: oh, oh. <laughs> wow that's intense
1: are you implying like that, that you're a witch
3: Julie?
1: <laughs> i don't know but i know they had to have missed one
3: <laughs> they probably did well you can always test i mean if if you float in water then you're like a duck and then that means you're made out of wood isn't that right and they have ducks and wood i don't know what was that monty python this thing? is all new something for me like this is
1: i'm learning something
0: right now well the thing is is it I was going to be a witch for Halloween. I have this really funny witch hat and a really wonky, funny broom. I was going to give out candy and everything. And then it was freezing cold here. Just that night, it'd been warm. It was like 80 degrees or something. Uh-huh. I got weak and all of a sudden it dropped down and I don't know, dropped down into the teens or something here. It was all. So I was out there with my big boiling, boiling, toiling, troubles bucket. But I was uh, <laughs> like an Eskimo because it was too cold. So I was out there so I can give out candy. But I, it was too cold to even dress up as a witch. But this was going to be my shirt.
3: I like it. So, Julie, talking about dressing up, do you, can you think of any fun costumes that you used to love doing at the
0: at the mansion? Oh, I did all kinds of fun costumes. I love dressing up. I just
1: them. remember you were always covered from head to toe. And half the time, no one even knew it was you
0: in it. Well, I I dressed Burka Bunny. The Afghanistan playmate were near.
3: <laughs> A Burka Bunny. I love it. That's Everybody cute.
0: was scared. Okay. Underneath, I had a belly dancing outfit just because. And then um, on the outside of me, I had a Burka, a real Burka that I got in Afghanistan. I was over entertaining the troops in Afghanistan. And so I bought a Burka when I was there. So I brought it back and I was like, what am I gonna do with this thing? I mean, really? What are you gonna do with a burqa? And I was like, I'm gonna wear it to the Playboy Mansion.
2: Oh my god. I put
0: bunny ears on it and I put
2: a big cotton tail on the back what of it. That's so cute. That's all kinds of wrong.
3: I, in today's world you'd be canceled, and I freaking right. think it's hilarious. <laughs>
2: like, who is that?
0: Oh y'all, I put on sandals. So, I did show a little T&A. I had little toes and little ankles showing. Little toes. Ooh. <laughs> that was my T&A showing. So, wore <laughs> little sandals. And then the crew, the Halloween crew, they took a bunch of road flares and they tied them together and they put a kitchen timer on it. And oh, they take it, it, it like a bomb. Like bomb.
3: Oh, that's freaking hilarious. I walked around
0: asking everybody, hey, does this bomb make me look fat? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so, that was a different time back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> Julie, do you, do you use this do you use this material in any of your uh, comedy shows?
0: Oh yeah, I talk about it on stage, and then, and people kept walking up and like, "Gone, that's just creepy. That's so creepy." And then I had some people walking up going, "That is awesome. That is oh, they got it immediately." I was like, "I'm Berka Bunny, the Afghanistan playmate." <laughs> Better than the bunny nun. But And then Bill Maher walked up to me and he's like, I don't know who that is. That's totally politically incorrect and awesome. And I was like, Bill <laughs>
1: Maher, it's Julie McCullough. It's Julie McCullough. You should have uh, had your name underneath and like
0: flaps. Like it's really Julie. Julie. <laughs> and then one of the, one of his girlfriends at the moment, uh, one of the, you know, tickle me moments of the moment um, <laughs> said, um, I don't get it. <laughs> oh, man. And she's like, are you a smurf?
2: What? Bless her heart. (laughs) She had too many. Her brother
0: was in the military and how she was pro this and that. Like she knew so much about, we used to brag about how so proud of her brother in the military. And she was the one asking me if I was a smurf. I'm thinking, don't you even know what a burka is? Your brother's supposed to be in the military. But anyway, I looked at her and I was like, yeah, I'm a Smurf. I'm Mama Smurf. And I walked away laughing my butt off, thinking, oh, my God, how does have to do this? <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, how does he do this? Well, that's why he had many to make one good conversation. <laughs> I'm like, how?
0: How? I'm like, thank God he was not divorced from his wife. She's the only one he could probably actually have a good conversation with. <laughs> <laughs> yep there was a, there was a couple doozies. But yeah, and so that was my favorite costume. I mean, I was always dressing up at Halloween, but that was one of my favorites just because it was so
2: on the fly and at the last minute and it was just freaking funny. Did you did you ever wear lingerie to the midsummers and any of that? Oh, yeah, I did. But
0: I, not until later. Usually I used to wear like pajamas and stuff, full pajamas. In my 30s, like I busted out, you know, really feeling my own sexuality and feeling proud of my body and like, you know. And knowing how to dress my body, that's when I started trying to, you know, dress more sexy, and it was in my thirties, and so then I was trying to look, you know, cuter, and you know, in the lingerie kind of stuff. I wore full fishnet body stocking at one of the parties, and I put spiders all over it, and called myself Spider Woman.
3: Well, <laughs> oh, that's freaking awesome. You became really great friends. Well, you are great friends with Kimberly. Yeah, I mean, you're part of the family. I mean, you watched the boys grow up. You got to watch the whole transition from the mid-80s all the way up till the very end. What was that like for you?
0: Extraordinary. Over the years, the changes that I would see happening. You know, when I first came up there, he had this girlfriend. You know, it was lots of parties, and she was such an exhibition. Carrie
3: Carrie Lee, right? Yep.
0: Yeah, she was super sexy and, you know, always slashing, you know, everybody and, like, just very free and almost like a hippie in that sense you know she was just very free and he went from her you know when he met Kimberly Kimberly was conservative she had been living up in Canada she moved down and then he wanted her to be his baby mama and that was it he got married to her they had the two boys and then it's like when you walked in the mansion at that point then there was like toys all over the you know (laughs) all over the the grand room when you walked in in the great hall, there'd be toys. You'd have to watch to make sure you weren't tripping over toys. It was just was completely night and day. And then when they split up, they didn't divorce. They stayed married, literally. oh, They were married up until literally the last three years of his life when he married that the last wife. It's like they were married up until they got a divorce. And then I think those two were married literally like for the last three years of his life or something. And that's when they got married because he couldn't get married before that. As much as all those other girlfriends wanted him to marry them, and they were all trying, <laughs> it
3: was yeah. like. But see, that was that was a pact that, that that the boss and Kimberly had made. That said, they you know
2: yeah, were, they no were need. separated, but
3: there was no need to actually do it.
2: Yeah, that. because the alimony and this and child support, there was no need. He was already taking care of everything. There was no need to do that whole yeah. thing. They had a good setup. You know, they did. They they had the boys and they were raising the boys. They did a good
0: job. You know of co-parenting and, you know, really a fine example for what, you know, a lot of divorce, you know, families too bad. They don't have that, you know, um, very amicable, you know, relationship as far as raising children and stuff. So that was too bad that most people don't have that, but they actually had a decent relationship. So I got to see that. And then the transition after him and Kim split up, he came to one of my birthday parties right after him and Kim separated. I had a birthday party and I liked to swing dance at the time. I'd go out swing dancing. Oh yeah. And so all these people that I would go out swing dancing with, they all, you know, wanted to come and do like swing dancing at my birthday. So my friend had a little birthday party for me and we had swing dancing, big band music. And all these people that I would go swing dancing with all showed up in full, you know, 1940s outfits and and then they were all dancing and almost doing a show, you know, it was fun and all these different entertainers that I was friends with, lots and lots and lots of actors, the who's who of who's who at the time all showed up. And Hef came, and he he enjoyed himself so much, which I knew he would love the swing dancing stuff and the big band music because that was his thing. And then afterwards, he called me the next day, and he said he enjoyed my birthday party a lot, and he asked me, if he were to have a party, would I invite some of my celebrity friends because he liked meeting so many of the entertainers that were there it was leo dicaprio was there it was like the who's who of who's who and i was like sure but you got to invite their friends too F. not all their friends are famous if you're gonna invite them you got to invite their friend let them bring a friend or two up that you may not know and then he's like okay and so for the first couple of parties it was out of my phone book the guest list. <laughs> all the entertainers were out of my phone book and then have friends from his past parties. and then So
3: you're the one that got Leo DiCaprio to come up to the mansion?
0: Yeah, all, all the entertainers, all those first few parties, it was all out of my phone book. So, I mean, I invited everybody. I invited George Clooney. I invited Leo DiCaprio. I invited Tobey Maguire. I invited every young, famous actor of the day, you know, at that time. And then my best girlfriend is Tia Carrere. And she wound up doing a a playmate layout too. Not a playmate layout, but like a celebrity layout as well. And that's my best, best girlfriend, her and Kim Hefner. Like those are two, they're like my sisters from different misters. And then Ava Fabian, of course. Penelope Jimenez, of course. Uh, Lauren Hill, who's now married to Sean Patrick Flannery, who was also one of my best buddies. So I introduced Sean Patrick Flannery to Lauren Hill. And they wound up getting married and they've got two. Too many versions of Sean Patrick Flannery now. <laughs> so those
2: are like all my best friends of the times, you know. How did it come about that you started living over with Kimberly? Well, I had a boyfriend. We split
0: up. I up, She told me, you know, that she had a carriage house and it was empty. And if I wanted to move in, so I did. And so I wound up moving in there. My boyfriend and I had split up. And then um we wound up getting back together and we got married. And so I married the then boyfriend. And then literally like a few months later, you know, he forgot he was married while he was having that affair. And then I called Kim and I you know left her a message. It was really late at night. I was like, he's cheating on me. We're splitting up. And we just got married practically. And then she calls me the next morning from the car. Her and Hef were on their way to a school function with the kids in the car. She's like, just come back. Come back home. Come live with me again. And the boys were in the background going, come live with us, Miss Julie. Come Aww. come with really us. And then Heff got on the phone. He's like, Dar, darling, just, you just come home. Just come Aww. home. I at my house every day. You just come home. And so I wound up moving back in with Kim. And then I
2: wound up being there for over a decade. And so that's how I moved back in with our, you know. And you were really close with Marston and Cooper, obviously, because you were practically the I don't want to say the nanny or the babysitter, but you spent a lot of time with them. Yeah, I never had children. So they're like the closest I really have to kids. And Marston,
0: when him and his wife, Anna, got married, they asked me to be their witness for their marriage. And they asked me to get up and speak so i spoke on the behalf of the hefner family
3: oh yeah i remember that
0: Aww. i remember i sat
3: i sat actually right behind you at, at yep. the wedding and yep. uh yeah that was emotional man every everybody you look at everybody and we're like our little boy's getting married
0: <laughs> but that's how it felt <laughs> witness on his marriage certificate i mean literally like I cried so much because I was so honored, you know, that, that they would have even asked me. It was just, but I love them so much. Those kids, they're the closest thing I got to kids, you know? Yep. yep.
3: Well, Julie, we want to touch in on your career because I know you have a lot of stuff you've been working on. We are with Julie McCullough on Rogue Bunny's Mayhem.
1: Ever wish you could talk to Playmate and Rogue Bunny, Ava Fabian, one-on-one? We're introducing an exciting new collaboration with velvetrope.com to make your dreams a reality. You can chat about current events, her many adventures with Playboy, or whatever your heart desires. Just keep it classy. Want more details? Visit AvaFabian.VelvetRope.com. She can't wait to talk to you, and the mayhem continues. Welcome to the metaverse.
3: So right before break, we were just talking about you have a lot of stuff coming out. I mean, you're still an actress. Once an actress, always an actress. I mean, you are killing it. You are doing uh, tours with your comedy. Please tell all of our listeners what you've been up to.
0: Right now, I've been doing a series of movies. I did a whole bunch with Dean Cain, the actor Dean Cain, who played Superman. on Superman, yeah. So I have a whole bunch of movies, mostly with him. Then I did a true story movie called uh, Break the Cycle. And um, that was about the prison system in, in Charlotte, North Carolina. They did this thing where they would get prisoners together with their children to bond them, and they would have the prisoners wash the feet of their children. This is a true story, oh, wow. by the way. And they've been doing it for over a decade. It's now all these children are graduating high school, graduating universities. They're doing amazing things in the world, these kids. So they literally broke in the cycle. So these kids aren't following the same footsteps of their parents going to prison and so that's um, what that movie's about. I'm in another true story movie. I'm not sure what the final title is going to be. It was called In God's Time when we shot. That's the the tentative title. And that's about a family that in the late 1960s, early 70s adopted several children that weren't their blood relations at all. And they fought a family over adopting all the kids. And um, and I played an old biddy in it. I'm like the old biddy auntie that fought <laughs> them in court. But,
3: uh, it's, a, it's hard to see you as the old biddy because I still see you like, I'm sorry, you're still the high school crush. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm playing like all these old lady biddies, you know, funny, but I'm funny. I'm always a funny character. Even in the prison movie, I'm playing a clown. I'm literally a clown in it. I'm funny in it. Mostly there have been family and faith films. So I've been doing mostly family and faith films. The company's called JC Films. I'm in several of their movies. I'm in a whole bunch of movies. I'm in so many, it's like almost hard to keep track of them. That's a good thing. that's so cool
3: that you're so busy.
0: Yeah. So I've just been doing different shows, doing autograph shows. I do chiller sometimes, autograph shows. Sometimes I do the Hollywood Collector Show, signing autographs. But mostly I've been doing movies and some stand-up. We need to get the Rogue Bunnies at the
1: Chiller Theater Expo. I know. I'm South Jersey. I'm there. I want to come there and like
0: hang out with you for the day. Yeah, you need to do that. We'll, we're definitely going to talk, talk to to the guy who, who owns Chiller about doing that. That would love that. That would be fun. Yeah. It would yeah. be fun. Our group there. Because yeah. I love Chiller. Chiller's one of my favorite of all the conventions, hands down. It's always nice to be welcomed when you're a bunny. because. You know, some shows don't want you because you're a bunny. I have shows that won't advertise that I was a playmate. They'll only advertise that I was on The Golden Girls. They'll only advertise that I was on Growing Pains, but they won't advertise that I was a playmate. Which, right? Which is weird
3: today, though. When you we live in a world of OnlyFans, yeah. And I'm sorry, but I can't think of a friend of mine that who probably hasn't dabbled or been in. It's just part of the world today.
1: Well, the signing shows now it seems like you're either a porn star yeah. or you're an actor. There's yeah. no like
2: there's no sisbog murder. yeah, there's no in-betweenies. Yeah.
3: How do you think that's gonna I mean, like you were talking about when you did Playboy and how it would affect your industry? Do you think the OnlyFans industry is gonna have an effect on these future girls for their for their careers?
0: Oh, absolutely. There's always gonna be the super conservative side. I'm a Christian. I'm in all these Christian movies because I clothes naked I showed the hooters the cooter and the pooter and <laughs> hold on a second because
3: Brett, before make we sure you make that an episode- overlapping loop. no no
1: no that that <laughs>
3: <laughs> i'm sorry she, jen she i cut you off go ahead. that
1: line on our ama and it's all the discord talked about for like a week and before <laughs> yes, we so started true. this show i wanted to say can we get her to say this line and you just said it
2: so there we go <laughs> that's gonna that's a be big.
0: a promo <laughs> well we are as human beings you know we don't run around naked i'm not running around showing my hooters my cooter my pooter. it's like no that's not a That's not who I am, but it's a big part of who I am, you know? Playboy is a big part of who I am. I'm very proud of that. I make no apologies whatsoever for the fact that I took my clothes off and I posed naked. I'm not apologizing to anybody. And if somebody's going to judge me, that's on them. I didn't kill nobody. I'm not giving drugs, you know? And, you know, doing. I'm not doing any. I don't even do drugs. I've never done a drug in my whole life. So I hear any of these stories even about the Playboy Mansion, all the drugs, there's no drugs up there. I've been up there since I was 19 years old. Not once, not once in the entire time that I was ever there, did anybody ever offer me drugs, try to give me drugs. Hey, those dudes didn't even hit on me.
2: Maybe a pot cookie.
0: Yeah. No, no. You weren't a part
2: of that either. Okay. (laughs) Okay.
0: My ex-husband was a total stoner. He couldn't wake up without smoking a bowl. You're not your thing. Yeah. I didn't. When I, when I cheer about all that stuff, I'm just like, nah, what? That's, like probably yeah, he remembers that's probably so why you remember so many memories. From him. <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <I'm laughs> like, so anyway, the point is, is that, you know, I am a Christian. I conduct myself as a good person, the best I can. I, I pray to God every day that I'm going to be welcomed up in heaven when I meet my maker. And you know, that's I live my life the best I can, not just in my for myself, but also to other people around me. I try to lead by example, and we cannot help who is going to judge us in the future as having been playmates or been in playboy. We can't help them. It's like they're going to throw boulders and stones at any glass house they see because that's what's in their mindset. You know, I'm going to continue to, to do my Christian films and uh, and continue trying to lead, you know, as, as an example of being a good person. That's, that's all we can do in life. Lead your life as a good person. Lead by example and have fun. My job is to make people laugh. I know this. I, I love being able to make people laugh and make people smile. And if that's the last thing I can do for people in life, then I've done my job as a human being. We had to have to be who we are. I'm not apologizing for the fact that I was a playmate. Oh, I love the fact that I was a playmate. Most of my best friends are formed in my whole lifetime, come from being there, come from, you know, being a part of the Playboy company. And we had a great boss. I loved my boss. Hugh Hefner was a nice man and a good boss and just a good person, a good human, as far as, you know, the... The ones that really know, we really know. I wasn't sleeping with HEP. I never, ever slept with HEP, nor did most of my best friends. None of us did. So we weren't trying to get something. It's funny, I think, that all the people that are downing and downing and downing all the playboy industry and stuff, those are the girls that got the most out of that man. They're the ones
2: that got I money. said that before yeah. when he was the, alive. The, I said that. The girls that are complaining the most and are having the, the books and everything else saying that they had such a hard time are the girls with millions of dollars in their bank account because of Hugh Hefner.
0: It's, yeah, like, it's, it's all about money now. They're all yes. trying to sell books or sell TV shows. They all want the fame that I personally achieved by working. I busted my bunny tail to have this career. I didn't do it by sleeping with Hef. I didn't do it by getting money from that. All those girls were. And that's what their thing was because that's who they are. So it's appalling to me that they're just trying to get more 15 seconds of fame, trying to sell their books, trying to get on TV again for 15 more seconds of fame. Whatever. How about go out there and get a job? No. Oh, but wait, you already made enough money from Hugh Hefner that you have one house, two houses, three houses. I bought this house that I'm in because I busted my bunny tail for it. Not by sleeping with the boss, not by getting money from him and not by trying to defame him now that he's dead and probably rolling over in the grave because of all the crap they're saying. I did it on my own, my, by my own career, my own hard work. And I wish that those girls, if they really wanted to be famous, Go out and try and work for a living. Do it. Do it. Don't just try to make money off of some defaming book that you're salacious book that they're trying to sell. It ticks me off. If I ever write a book, it ain't going to be no salacious crap.
2: It's going to be about the good stuff, the fun stuff, the the real stuff that happens. So so, so for you, Julie, it wasn't a cult? <laughs>
3: Ladies and gentlemen, Julie McCullough.
2: Preach it, girl. Cult party of one.
1: I mean, Brian's face is just like, I don't even have to ask a question. Like, that was,
3: that was awesome. That was amazing. And you, it came straight from the heart. And I can't thank you enough for saying
0: well, that. Well, I was literally living there. I lived right next door. I was there every single day. Every day. I knew the employees. I knew almost all the girls that were coming and testing.
2: You were there for two wives, children. Many, many girlfriends. Many, many girlfriends. Seen
0: it all.
3: (laughs) (laughs) We could literally keep going. Would Would you come back on another show?
0: Oh, I would love it. I would love it. There's so many things that we can talk about. Yes. Talk about like Bunnies of the Round Table, which was my favorite group of bunnies on Friday night. So we would get together every Friday night at the Playboy Mansion. There's a group of us that got together every single Friday night, as long as we were in town and not working, that that was like, that's some good times. That was a good group of girls. And they're all still, you know, out there working and doing their, doing their stuff. So I'm really proud of the Playmates. And I'm really proud that I was a Playboy Playmate. And I'm very proud to say that Hugh Hefner was my boss and he was a great boss and he was a great neighbor. So good such a good man. And we're all here together right now because of him, because of him putting all together, working for him, you know, and making us playmates. Very, very proud of that.
3: I think more people need to remember where they came from and why they are where they're at. And it's because of a man that had a vision, had a dream. Look, you don't have to agree with every little aspect of his life. You don't, but you have to say fact that because of that man, that's the only reason anybody knows any of us. Yeah, And we're a part of something that was so magical. And I'm glad that we're getting to be able to put out the truth. Julie, thank you.
0: The ones that made the most money out of him are the ones that are out there right now bad-mouthing him and the company and trying to get more. Because obviously, they didn't have any talent. Obviously, they don't have good careers. So they're all trying to write these salacious, made-up fake stories and stuff trying to make a little bit of extra bang from it right now because obviously what he ain't around anymore they can't mine anymore that gold they mined a lot of gold out of that man (laughs) all right they weren't gold diggers they were gold miners they mined a lot of gold out
3: (laughs) brett make that a loop
0: (laughs) (laughs) so now we're trying to mine some more of it but in the meantime the rest of us have a real appreciation for where we came from. And I'm very proud to say that, you know, I know all of y'all and I know a lot of really great people because of, of our boss. And I'm happy to have had him as my boss. And I would say that to anybody and everybody. And I'm, I'm living Testament. I live next door. I lived there. I was there every day. I can attest and know, not because I was in some cults, like some people say they were in a cult. Like what freaking cult?
3: Well, as as people are saying in today's world, you know, uh, uh, we want people that can really spill the tea. Is that is that right, Jen? Spilling tea or whatever? She
1: spilled the tea. She spilled the coffee. She spilled the wine. <laughs> the faucet is
2: on. <laughs> we're on to the tequila. <laughs> <laughs>
3: We're well, you're definitely, definitely, definitely we want to have you back. back. We're gonna have you back. Matter of fact, I, we gotta find a way to get out there to the East Coast.
0: Yes, please. <laughs> you're welcome to come here anytime. Actually, I may not be home. Just make sure I'm home. Come on
1: out. <laughs> you know what we need to do? We need to get the rogue bunnies at the chiller expo. We need to bring a podcast and we need to like get some shows from that. I think
0: that would be great. Let's That'd do be a it. great idea podcast there the whole time. Cause there's a lot of great sci-fi entertainers there and um and monster type you know from monster those are the most popular you know things mm-hmm. and people there and a lot of anime stuff every now and then there'll be a few playmates you know here or there that are there he you know, he's certainly a lovely man to have us at this convention so hopefully in the future we'll, we'll work we'll work on that i guys love that
3: all right, we got to wrap up, Julie. Everybody, please, uh, tell all your friends. If you want to hear the real stories of what really is happening, go to Rogue Bunnies Mayhem. Thank you for everyone that's been supporting us. Make sure you share, like, subscribe. And uh, gonna, we're going to have Julie back on the show. You're going to hear more of the truth that's out there. Thank you again, Julie McCullough. We are Rogue Bunnies Mayhem. And
2: the, the mayhem, mayhem continues. continues.
3: There it is, girl. You freaking rocked it, man. Hey Mayhem Familia, don't forget to click like and subscribe and tell all your friends. Also, visit us at
1: rbmayhemshow.com. That's dot show.com.
2: And I want to give a special thanks to Dapper Labs, Flow Gig Labs, and also Flow Score. And the mayhem continues.